0: I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Welcome, Jets fans. Today we look at my random thoughts. March 20th. Number one. The Winnipeg Jets went 1-3-0 this past week, and they are clinging to the last wild card spot by a thread. The record now sits at 39-29-3 for 81 points. And the boys have 11 games left. Man, it was a tough week. Barely got the one win by the skin of our teeth uh, in overtime in Nashville. But the biggest problem, once again, is the boys just can't put the puck in the net. Plenty of chances, you know, to bury the puck, especially in the Boston game. Uh, Same thing happened in Nashville, but they finally got a couple on the board and ended up winning the game in overtime. And then last night in St. Louis, they had a pretty decent first period, had some chances, and they just cannot bury it. They're, they're also not getting very much puck luck. They hit uh, two or three posts, and all in all, it was just a dreadful week, but they're still sitting in that last wild card, and they're going to have to string some games together here if they, uh, they want to make it. Well, uh, Let's go uh, move on to number two. The Jets played well enough to beat Carolina last week. But they beat themselves again with costly free pizzas and David Riddick was not very good again. Everybody, including me in Jetsville, was wondering why Rick Bonus didn't start Connor Hellebuck. The Jets are in a fight for a wild card spot and they need Heli, and then they need more heli. Connor Hellebuck is a workhorse and he likes playing a lot of games. The time to rest is if and when they clinch a playoff spot or in the offseason that one really caught me off guard i have no idea why they started riddick and uh, the funny thing about it is if <laughs> they they started hellion back-to-back games uh this weekend so it goes to show you that uh, even the coaching staff has probably lost a little bit of faith in riddick but uh yeah, yeah no time to rest we need all our best players on board if we're gonna you know make the playoffs so uh, a curious decision by uh, rick bonus again number three i show a little bit of love for brendan Dillon. All right, Uh, Brendan Dillon is a very underrated and very unappreciated member of the Winnipeg Jets. His value just can't be measured by his goals and assists or his analytics. Dillon brings a lot of intangibles to the Jets that aren't measured with today's analytics. Brendan Dillon's not the flashiest player, but he's a guy that shows up every night. He consistently lays the body. Uh, He's a decent skater, moves the puck fairly well. Uh, he's got good size and he has a ton of compete. And, uh, I know some people, um, you know, probably see what I see, but a lot don't, uh, there's too many people in today's, too many fans in today's game that, uh, just strictly look at points in the analytics. And that's, uh, not really a fair representation of his game. Number four, the Winnipeg Jets played pretty well in their three, nothing lost to Boston and certainly could have had two or three goals. But a couple of goalposts and no puck luck bit them in the ass again. This team, you know, really, they must lead the NHL in moral victories. The problem is moral victories don't get you any points on the standings. The Jets have had far, far too many games this year where they've played well and come out of it empty. There really is no such thing as moral victories, and especially at this time of year. Being close only counts in horseshoes and farts. On to number five. In number five, I say, Neil Pionk was directly or indirectly responsible for both of Nashville's goals on Saturday afternoon. But he semi-redeemed himself with the winner in overtime. Every player makes mistakes, but when your team is struggling to score goals, every mistake is magnified. And Neil Pionk has been under the magnifying glass way too much the past couple seasons. I don't know how this guy gets a free pass every game when they have other options. The only reason I can think of that he's in the lineup every night is because he's a right-handed shot. And that certainly is a piss-poor reason to be playing one of your worst defensemen. I mean, he's basically an anchor right now. Uh, I don't get it. In number six, I say, you know how they say a picture is worth a thousand words? (laughs) This kills me. I actually have a screenshot of Chevy during the Nashville game Saturday afternoon. And he's got his hands over his eyes. And they showed the score one nothing for Nashville with 12 minutes and 3 seconds left in the second period. And the shots on goal are 19-8 to for the Jets. So uh, i say after this, loosely translated, I believe Chevy is thinking, why can't this team score anymore? And how the fuck are we losing this game? Um, <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter saw this. A guy posted it also. And uh, it's pretty funny. It's... a uh, it's a great picture and it's uh, worth a few laughs. And, and I think this example is a perfect example of why a picture is worth a thousand words. Number seven, Mason Appleton was one of my favorite Jets, but right now he is where offense goes to die. Appleton works hard, he skates hard, but right now he's handling the puck like it's a brick. I just don't remember him struggling with the puck this much when he was with the Jets last, like last year. I don't know what happened to him in Seattle. Maybe he lost his confidence. He wasn't playing a lot, but right now, ugh, uh, he's not good in my opinion. Number eight, the Winnipeg Ice are ranked number three in the latest Kia CHL top 10 rankings. Gatineau was riding an 18-game winning streak, and they moved to number one, and Seattle has dropped to number two. The Ice have won seven in a row after beating Prince Albert 6-1 last night and improve their overall record to an impressive 55-9-1, and, and they should probably get the number one ranking back next week. Um, the ice have been spectacular this year, and my only fear right now, and it hasn't been talked about a lot, is I hope they get their act together and do something with uh, getting that new arena because they've been fined, and there's a very, very good possibility they might not be in Winnipeg much longer. I know the... Western Hockey League is really pissed at them right now because they should have had shovels in the ground two years ago. You know, hopefully they can use those COVID years as an excuse for not getting it done, but uh, we, uh, we could be losing our team. Like, I'm not trying to spread any rumors. I'm just reading what I read a few weeks back. But uh, like I said, hopefully they can get their shit together. We can keep this team here because they are fun to watch. I know they say hindsight is twenty twenty but in my next post, uh, number nine, the Jets game versus St. Louis should have been a no-brainer for Rick Bones to get some fresh legs into the lineup, especially in a back-to-back situation. But he inexplicably went with the same lineup. This is one of the biggest complaints Dallas fans had with Bones, questionable roster decisions. The Jets had Axel Johnson-Fialby, Logan Stanley, David Gustafson, Kyle Capabianco available, but he chose to go with the same lineup as Nashville on Saturday afternoon. Um, I don't get it. I really, I really don't get it. It's not like you lose anything by putting any one or two or three of those guys in the lineup. Fresh legs are fresh legs. Nothing wrong with David Gustafson or Axel or Capabianco, who's played well every time he's got into the lineup. I don't, I don't get bones sometimes. For me, this was a no-brainer, but I'm not the coach, and he is. Moving on to number 10. I don't usually write about things that don't happen on the ice, but this next one really got me. It really pissed me off, so I think I'm going to address it. Uh, This next thought comes from the privileged piece of shit file. I'm sure by now everyone has either heard of or seen the surveillance video of Carson Breer, pushing a wheelchair down the stairs as he and his buddies were entering a nightclub. He is the son of ex-NHLer Daniel Breer, who was currently the interim GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. And he plays for the Maryhurst Lakers Division I NCAA hockey team. I bet the Briers are really proud. And when you look at the written article, um, I posted the video. It's about 42 seconds long, so you should have a look at it. You see Briere and his buddies come up the stairs and Carson Briere sits in the wheelchair that's at the top of the stairs and then they get up and he just flips it down the stairs now the reason that wheelchair was there as I found out I did a little bit of research on this the woman who owned the wheelchair was taken downstairs because that's where the washrooms were so uh, a wheelchair was left there unattended and these little shit stains, for some reason, thought it would be funny to do this. Obviously, they didn't know it was on camera. But uh, it just goes to show you um, the lack of respect and the, uh, the, how privileged they think they are. They can just strut in there and do whatever the fuck they want. It's, it's disgusting, and it just it drove me up the wall. And there's so many people that are enraged by this. And the thing that's funny about this, well, it's not funny at all, is uh, this isn't the first time Carson brier has been in trouble. He was actually kicked off the Arizona State hockey team for breaking team rules. Uh, and I guess he transferred a couple years ago to uh, Maryhurst. But it just goes to show you how these rich young kids that uh, born with a fucking silver spoon up their ass, think their shit doesn't stink, parade around and uh, think they're better than everybody, and just with no respect. And the part that fucking just bothers me the most, because, you know, I know I'm going to see it on Twitter, because every time something bad happens in hockey, there's those haters out there. And they go, "Wow, well, there you go. That's the hockey mentality. Fuck you. This is not the hockey mentality. This is an asshole mentality. Don't blame what he did on hockey. This has nothing to do with hockey they are a bunch of punks going into a nightclub thinking they're fucking cool and they're hot and all laughing, laugh, you know, it's a big joke, right? While, the, you know, until until they get caught, you know, and then, and then the team writes an apology and Danny Breer, his dad, writes an apology and he says how sorry he is. Ah, fuck you bullshit. Know what you're sorry of? You're sorry you got caught, you dumb fuck. This shit pisses me off. I can't stand it. There's, there's nothing he can say or do where, personally, I I could forgive him. Um, treating uh, treating stuff that belongs to a handicapped person like that is inexcusable, and fuck him. That's all I'm going to say about it. Thank you for letting me vent, and let's now <laughs> move on to number 11. Right now, the way Kyle Connor is struggling, and the way Blake Wheeler's been really ineffective on the power play, I'd like to see... Whoever is running the power play now put Nino Ryder, and Nikolai Ehlers on the number one unit with Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Scheifele, and Josh Morrissey. Um, I don't understand why they don't have Scheife on the left hash mark for the one-timer. Put Ehlers on the other side for the left shot one-timer with Josh running the top. And, uh, you know, you put PLD and Nino down low. Where they can occupy the goalie and they have you know good enough hands and that, uh, I just don't get this power play. Um, you know they were all for again this weekend and almost the whole week. No, actually they were the whole week. They never scored one power play in the whole week where they lost three games. You know things aren't working right. I mean, we've all <laughs> we've all heard the saying like insanity is you know repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, they're not getting any results. It's embarrassing to watch it and it's costing them hockey games. So, uh, I mean, for God's sakes, try something different, guys. Uh, number 12, and this is just a basic observation. It's just my opinion. But I don't think, and I'm not right, Dylan Sandberg has more than proven himself and should be never taken out of the lineup. Um, <laughs> The crazy thing is, is, they never, ever think of... Well, they took Nate Schmidt out. He sat out one game and he came back and he's been playing pretty well since then. But whenever there's a lineup decision, the first guy that comes out is Sandberg. He's the last guy that should come out. Like, really. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't get what uh, Rick Bonus sees in Pionk. Like I said in my earlier thought... If the only reason he's playing is because he's a right-handed shot, somebody should lose their fucking job over that. Cause that's ridiculous. This guy has not been playing very well. And I just really liked how Dylan Sandberg, I mean, he's still basically a rookie and you know, he's capable of playing in the top four. He's pretty solid. I mean, he makes a few mistakes here and there, but uh, everybody does, but for the most part, he's been solid and I'd like to see him playing a hell of a lot more. Number 13. The Jets just don't have enough players to play big boy hockey, and it really showed versus the Blues last night. You now, outside of Pierre-Luc Dubois, Brendan Dillon, Dylan Sandberg, Adam Lowry, and Nino Niederreiter, the Jets are really soft. If the Jets want to be successful, they've got to get away from this perimeter game and hoping for the perfect play, floating around the outside and start driving the net. Because the book's out on the Jets. Teams know what to do now. They clog up the middle. Center ice, they clog up the middle in their own zones because they know the Jets will skate around the perimeter and they won't shoot. I mean, uh, uh, we see it every night. It's, uh, it's got to change, and you can't win hockey, especially in the playoffs, being soft and being perimeter boys. Anyway, on to the next thought. Number 14 is my weekly question for Rick Bonus, Kevin Shevel, Day off, or Mark Chipman. This question is for Rick Bonus. What does Axel Johnson Biel have to do to get some regular ice time? I like his speed on the forecheck, he can kill penalties, and most importantly he has great hair. Well, of course that's a little me being trying to be funny again. He does have great hair. He's got the nice full. But I don't see much difference between him and Stackelman, Alighin, Mason Appleton, uh, you know, go down the list uh I I like Axel, I just think he should play more. There's there's no reason to sit fourth liners out that much. You don't lose, like I said earlier too, the same thing. You don't lose much when you put him in the lineup. As a matter of fact, you gain a terrific four-checker. Why he's not playing, I don't know. I I just sometimes, I don't get Rick Bonus. I don't get a lot of the stuff he does with this lineup. On to number 15. We'll take a look at the Winnipeg Jets' weekly playoff odds. According to Money Puck, as of this morning, the Winnipeg Jets have a 63.5 chance of making the playoffs. This number is very fluid and changes every day, and I'll continue to update it every week until we clinch. Uh, Last Monday, the Jets were at 85.3, so that's uh, basically 20 percentage points dropped. So we'll look at uh, how it changed daily. Uh, Monday, like I said, 85.3. The next day, they didn't play. And it somehow dropped to 85.2. And then Wednesday morning, it was at 79.4 after they lost in uh, Carolina. <clears throat> Thursday, 77.0. And then after the Boston dro- loss, it dropped all the way to 57.6. Next day, they didn't play. And it But it went up a little bit to 58.8. And then after they beat uh, Nashville in overtime the next morning, it was at 70.2. So basically, uh, it's been like a roller coaster, but a bad roller coaster. So the Jets got to pull up their socks. I mean, the good news is they are still in the playoff position, and the Chasers have to do something to catch them. The Jets are still in control of their own destiny, and they have a... uh, what a lot of people would say, a favorable schedule coming up. But nothing's favorable when you can't score, so they better pull up their socks and uh, win a few more games. On to number 16, the Jets' special teams. Oh, boy. Well, let's start with the bad news. The power play is plummeting weekly. They sit at 21st right now at 20.4%. Last week, they were in 15th at 21%. And they had dropped the week before that and the week before that. Uh, It is definitely trending in the wrong direction. And uh, you'd have to be blind not to see it. I think basically, the Jets were 0 for last week. Four games, they never scored. One power play goal. Inexcusable, hard to watch, frustrating... Like a broken record, but whatever. Next, the PK. They went back up to second where they've pretty well been all year. Stellar numbers, 83.5%. They're up from 82.7%, which put them seventh last week. But that was that little blip, you know, after that one game uh, two Saturdays ago when Florida potted three uh, power play goals against them. But they've righted the ship since then, and... uh, it's a it's a steady part of their game. Of course, the uh, the biggest penalty killer is always your goalie, and Connor Hellebeck is one hell of a penalty killer. <laughs> Faceoffs actually improved t- two positions up from 25th to 23rd. And they're sitting at 48.7%. Last week they were at 47.5, and a lot of this was due to a couple big games by Adam Lowry and uh, A couple games uh, where the Jets were actually very good overall at the faceoff dot. uh, You know, the analytics guys say that there's no uh, correlation between winning faceoffs and winning the game. But I'll tell you something right now, and I've said this before, and anybody with half a brain will say it's fucking better to start with the puck than not have it and be chasing it. I mean, it's just common sense. On to number 17, the Jets goaltending. Connor Hellebuck is sitting with a record of 30-22-2. With a 262 goals against average, a 917 save percentage, and three shutouts, which is still pretty solid. He basically gives them a chance to win every game. And like one of my buddies on Twitter, BA Split, always <laughs> he tells me this every Jets game when we watch it, he'll always message me and he says, if the Jets score three goals, we win the game, because Helling very rarely gives up four. And those numbers are correct, really. If Jets score three, they're in every single hockey game. Uh, David Riddick is nine, seven, and one, two sixty-five goals against with a nine oh two save percentage, and he hasn't been good lately. He's uh, letting in a couple soft goals every week, and it just goes to show you that uh, the coaching staff may have lost a little bit of faith in him because they started Connor Hellebuck. Back-to-back games this weekend again. Uh, when they really think they need a game to win, they go to hell, which they should. Uh, number 18 is my weekly The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, the good, um, I say that the face-offs were much better this week and the PK was solid. You know, <laughs> I mean, when you're really grinding for something to say that was good about the team, <laughs> I mean, they competed well, they created chances, their lack of finishes around the net is uh, disturbing. But uh, it was nice to see some improvement on the board and the statistics as far as uh, face-offs and the PK goes. Um, the bad, and this was really annoying, uh, I say the number of times this weekend where the Jets had multiple odd-man rushes without giving a shot on goal. I don't know how the fuck you can have three-on-ones, two-on-ones, you blow passes, shoot the puck, guys. Just shoot the puck, and the other guy will go for the rebound. Like, and to get, I think it was a, there was at least four chances they had odd man rushes and didn't even get a shot. That's inexcusable, and that's brutal. Either our players are really fucking dumb or our coaches are. But something's got to give here. and These guys got to get it through their head that shoot the puck, uh, the ugly Well, this is butt ugly. The Jets' power play is not getting it done again. 0 for 1 versus Carolina, 0 for 5 versus Boston, 0 for 4 versus Nashville, and 0 for 3 versus St. Louis. Embarrassing. Like they went 0 for the week. So what is that? 1, 6, 10, 13 chances on the power play last week, and no goals. Maybe we should throw the Winnipeg ice out there for Jets power plays. I'm sure they could probably get a couple. This is embarrassing and it's a joke. Um, On to number 19 is my Kyle Connor watch. So, I mean, I don't want to pick on the guy because I like Kyle Connor, but he is just struggling right now. Um, I basically ran these same stats last week, and I took away the five games where he scored – Five goals against Anaheim and Vancouver. I feel so sorry for those for for Kyle, and uh, I'm going to al- allow those cupcake games to be part of my stats now. But even if you count the cupcake games, his totals now equal 18 even strength goals in 71 games. You now you factor this in with his less than stellar defensive game, and we have a problem. You now watching the games, you can see he is visibly frustrated. Casey just needs to pot a couple goals and turn that frown upside down. You know he's not a physical guy. I don't expect him to be. I just expect him to be comp- to compete. But at times he he looks lost, and you know even in the defensive zone uh, when him and Sifler are on the ice for for goals that doesn't help because that's putting more pressure on him. But um, he something's something's amiss. I don't know what it is. He's too skilled. Has too good a shot. He skates like the wind, so something's got to break for him soon. The kid needs a break, and uh, sooner than later would be nice. Last but not least, number 20. Going down the stretch, and for the first time since the trade deadline, it looks like Rick Bonus will have all his best players available. This should slot all his players where they belong and improve their depth as well as a second unit power play. So basically this weekend, PLD came back and that was it makes a big difference in the lineup. Yeah, to be honest, he wasn't very good the whole weekend. He got a nice assist on the overtime goal in Nashville. But he looks really rusty. He missed a couple tap-ins here and there. But right now, coming down the stretch, uh, we actually do have two really good first lines on paper. Uh, good third line. Decent third line, let's just say. I'm not thrilled with Appleton right now. And our bottom uh, bottom line, the fourth line, is very interchangeable. We have lots of extra pieces there to tweak it around. And like I said earlier, too, I'm surprised a couple of those guys didn't get into the game on uh, on Sunday night versus St. Louis with the back-to-backer. But uh, I look for good things coming down the stretch. I want to stay positive because I still really like this team. I like a lot of the pieces I don't like the way they're playing right now, but the biggest thing is is the lack of goal scoring. You know, the goal scoring, and you know, good goal scoring and good goaltending can mask a lot of, a lot of problems you have on your team. Um, it's tough when scorers can't score. Uh, they start squeezing the stick, but uh, yeah, the, the goal scoring is going to be what it's all about. And if the Jets don't score any goals, then they ain't going to the postseason. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Once again, I want to thank you for um, popping in and listening to me rant and have some fun. Uh, we'll be back next week, and hopefully we'll have better news. Uh, once again, you can uh, you can find us at Podomatic. You can find us at Amazon, uh, Spotify, the home base at Winnipeg, hockeytalk.com, iHeartRadio. There's a few places. Let your friends know, and uh, we'll see you next week.